0: the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. We grew up with a bipolar mother addicted to pills who experienced a lot of hardships. We started this podcast to talk about our experiences with you. You know, you can really start to feel lost and trapped in their world. And we're hoping our crazy, sometimes funny stories, living with someone like that helps you to feel normal, whole and happy again. If you have little ones around, though, this would be a good time to pop in your headphones. Our discussions are for adults only, please. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for Of Course They Make Me Crazy. I'm April. And I'm Amanda. And we are so happy that you're joining us. Okay, so question for you off the bat. What's your mental health like? No, seriously, like when you hear that word, mental health, do you think illness or do you think health, right? You know, many of us go to the negative right away. So why is that? Well, Amanda and I have teamed up with Dr. Casey Del also known as a mental health hacker, to talk about these things. So uh, before uh, Dr. Delmar truly joins us, though, I just want to say hi. Hi, Dr. Casey.
1: Hi, everybody! It's super excited to be here today.
0: Awesome. Just- <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so. Uh, we wanna give you a quick introduction to her, okay? So besides being totally cute and smart, if you popped on her or our social media sites and saw her picture, you know what I'm talking about. But she's also been an educator for 17 years. She's from Australia, best accent ever, as you just heard. Uh, and she noticed an increase in young people and parents struggling to cope with daily challenges, you know, mental health issues and stress. Oh, yes, so Dr. Casey earned her PhD from Victoria University and under, got covered like the best ways to help people build resilience, developing coping skills to deal with stress. So after you know, struggling with her own struggles of depression and anxiety, she went on a mission to learn as much as she could to prevent herself and others from suffering from the burden of mental health issues and illnesses. So we are so happy. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. So, okay, excited having you here and introducing you for the first time to our listeners. It, you know, it seems that many of us relate to people who have experienced similar struggles, right? So like Amanda and I, uh, er, you know, Amanda, I'm starting to talk about Eric for a quick second. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Eric is a, a big podcaster and Amanda, what is his, it's Driven One Industries, right? Yes. Yep. And so he was talking about, you know, getting help, um, you know, special help like doctors and, and just getting counseling and things like that. But he said the one thing a lot of his people struggle with is when they talk to a professional, they feel like they can't really relate to that person on the other side of the table or the other side of the room sitting across from them because they don't know if they've necessarily been in it like the person you know that's struggling and what I loved about you is that you've been there you know and and you have struggled with things and our listeners already know that Amanda and I grew up with a bipolar mother and our family members addicted to alcohol and drugs and both <laughs> Right, Nance? Yeah. (laughs) So, and that's how this podcast started. Some of our stories are comical. Others are just, you know, uh, heart crushing, to be honest with you. But give us some insight into really what led you down to this career path.
1: Yeah, that's a great question because it has been a big journey. And I think, April, you're totally right. A lot of my clients uh, really appreciate the fact that i have been through this myself and experienced myself and gone through the journey and it's much easier to relate you know it's one thing to conceptually understand how something works but the other thing to actually experience it and have to go through it yourself so um i actually feel very blessed now looking back on experiencing the struggles because it's made me into the person i am today but Yeah, it wasn't the case at the time when I was struggling. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, It was back in 2011. And, yeah, it was a cold, dark winter back here in Australia. And I found myself, I just slipped into this deep, dark depression. And um, I was literally trapped in my bedroom for three months. I couldn't leave. I couldn't work. Um, I, you know, I was really trapped and trapped by my mind more than anything so but what had happened was is there was no real trigger i didn't have you know uh, any sort of grief i wasn't i didn't have a big trauma in my life i didn't have anything that was this huge trigger that normally people think that if you go into a depression or a state like that that something bad has happened or there's been some kind of trauma but for me that wasn't the case and looking back now, there was definitely red flags going on where I can see that it was the actions that I was taking or not taking that led me down that path. But there wasn't a huge trigger in that sense. So, you know, I, I got to a point where I was lucky enough to have a really beautiful friend of mine uh, really understand what was going on and and coached me to to go and get help. And so I went and sought professional help and was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and you know that hearing those words I nearly fell off my chair because it's not something that I'd ever even considered and even in that state I didn't think that I didn't know really what was going on and as it was kind of a, a real blur that time for me um but once I got professional help and and realized that that was what was going on I then went on this journey of uh, self-experimentation about the healing journey journey of how I could help myself heal without getting medication
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: really trying to find natural antidepressants and and to pull myself out of that so you know i tried all of the different types of of healing techniques like you know the more traditional types like talk therapy and self-help books and personal development courses yoga retreats you know you, you sort of name it down that path and then i also really tried the more extreme practices that uh you know, not the typical ways like plant medicines and silent meditation retreats and all of that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I went really into this sort of journey of self-discovery. But at the same time, I went back into teaching and lecturing and I was just seeing all of my students, whether they were adults or young people, uh, I saw parents, but really struggling with mental health issues, struggling to manage themselves in their day-to-day and I couldn't see why what was going on why why was this all happening so that really triggered me to go on that journey of uh, studying a PhD of how we could figure out what was going on with the mental health um, industry and how we could prevent it from happening so be more proactive rather than this reactive mental health care system that we currently have in westernized culture which is you know wait until somebody has an issue an illness or a disease and then we look at treating later and so that's a real yeah disease-based model and we want to sort of start to look at it as a proactive holistic um approach to mental health care and so that's where my lisa research really read me led me
2: down mm-hmm. that path
1: and yeah and i suppose in a i mean i'm sure it's the same in the us but a lot of other westernized countries around the world but you know suicide is the leading cause of death of young australians you know 15 to sort of 45 years old and that's absolutely tragic that we're getting to that point and the fact that you know covid has happened that's increased here in australia and i'm, I'm sure that's the same in the states is that absolutely. would you say that that's correct yeah oh
0: absolutely yeah so for those of you you know because we might by the time this airs it. I don't, you know, it's definitely not going to be over, but we are recording this in that, you know, time frame, And it's interesting that you bring that up. Like I was uh, touring our children's hospital here in the Denver, Colorado area, and they were in the process of building and adding on rooms. And I said, well, what are those for? And they had padded walls and they said, we are getting teenagers in here left and right, Um, you know, suicidal thoughts and things of that sort. So they had to add more rooms and, you know, more space to accommodate the teens that are coming in suicidal. And that just shocked me because being in Denver, Colorado, you know, It's different. You know, I've lived in so many cities around the US, like Cleveland, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, Memphis, Tennessee. And when I'm in Denver, it just feels like everybody's happy. The sun is shining all the time. And, you know, everybody seems physically healthy and, you know, they're out playing sports and they're out walking. And then when I heard that, I was like, whoa, Uh, Hmm. shocker, you know? And Amanda has a 13 year old son, uh, and, uh, he's as precious as they come. But Amanda, we, we worry about him, don't we?
2: Unfortunately, he does suffer from anxiety too. Yeah. Um, he's done therapy in the past and she was a miracle worker. I mean, she was a true blessing. I mean, remember how he fell in love with her? I mean, (laughs) well not like in love like but he he
0: really opened up to her and she she was a blessing to him and uh so I get it I see we see what you're seeing and what you're experiencing over there for sure especially Mm -hmm. with COVID
1: Yeah. yeah and look there's this huge gap that I've been seeing and this has come out through my research but also through personal experience where we have these amazing miracles workers like you just said Amanda who are our traditional sort of talk therapists which really help with trauma and and um, the initial phase when when people are going through something initially but what we're seeing is this huge gap um, that's occurring where they're not actually teaching coping skills and the reason I know that is because when I was lecturing at university and teaching teachers coming through and and nurses coming through they're not taught these specific coping skills in their training. So when they're out in the field and, and working directly with their clients or, or students, they're not teaching these skills because they were never taught it at university. Mm-hmm. So there's this huge gap that happens. And, you know, some of my clients have nurses that come in for home care that, you know, they're really, they're on the other end of the spectrum where they're really struggling with mental health conditions. And even the nurses that are coming in, they don't know how to teach coping skills. So they might talk to them about their medication and things like that, but they're not being taught how to, really manage themselves in their day-to-day lives and so that's where i come in and uh, i suppose that's my speciality and my expertise is around uh, helping people to really develop positive coping skills and uh, be able to develop resilience and be able to manage in their home lives so that yeah they can really start to thrive rather than get back home after a a, a, a therapy session and not know what to do you know
2: that's awesome that you have that training because I, you're right I don't think my son got any type of coping skills while he was in therapy I, I, I don't think you know I, I there's nothing that I can think of that she had taught him to cope with when he had a meltdown you know besides calling mom at three in the morning when he said dad's house
0: let me ask you this uh, dr. Casey so when you're when you were laying in bed in a dark room trying to get yourself out of this dark place, what pulled you out of it? Like how, if somebody is in it that hard and that deep, what can you tell them in order to, you know, help them snap out of something like that?
1: Yeah, look, that is such a great question. And it's going to be different for everybody yeah. depending mm-hmm. on their current circumstances and things like that. But in my experience, what happened to me was that I completely shut off from the world. I didn't know what was happening. It was a real, you know, this, I was functioning on autopilot. You know, I wasn't watching TV. I wasn't, I had the the blinds were drawn. I slept a lot of the time. Um, you know, I, I ended up having to move back in with my mum, and, uh, yeah, my partner at the time was amazing, but I couldn't, couldn't uh, you know, handle work and, and dealing with me as well. And so I moved back in with my mum and she would bring me down food and I wasn't even eating. You know, there would be plates of food there. I just remember that she'd come down and collect the next plate of food and, and, and I just wouldn't eat and I completely shut off. So and at the time I was when you're in it and uh, you can become completely unaware that there's like this outside world that exists you know Mm uh it's really hard to get out of it but I think it's breaking it down into small little steps what helped me was I had uh, my best friend support me through the process uh she didn't take no friend out so she came as like right we're going for a walk outside I was like no we're not I can't even get upstairs I haven't even had a shower today you know Mm -hmm. so um we started small so we started really small where I would leave Instead of she would come in and talk to me in my bedroom and then we'd go up and we would go up into the lounge room and we'd talk there instead. And then, you know, it started that we'd eventually go outside and have a chat and then we went for a walk. And so this is a coping skill that I call chunk it, where you break something down that's quite big. You know that you want to get to the point where you want to get outside, but that might just be too much at this point. So it's just breaking it down into small little achievable chunks of things that you can slowly do. So for me, I just set really small goals that helped me get out of it. So today I was like, right, I'm having a shower today. That's my goal. You know, I know that sounds really small, but for some people who are in that state, it's huge.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, so it's...
1: Yeah, it's breaking that down and saying, right, that's what I'm going to achieve today. And, and that little bit of self-confidence and trust that you build within yourself when you achieve that helps you to set something else up that's bigger. So then, you know, you we go to the next point. And so, yeah, it's breaking it down. And I think The thing that happens that when we're going through these emotions, if we're not moving our body, the emotions and negativity can actually get stuck in our body. So movement is really important. And so um, I would just say that, you know, getting outside or, or moving your body in some kind of way, whether it's a short walk or just taking your dog outside to go to the toilet, whatever it might be, but some type of movement so that you're not laying down all the time.
0: Absolutely. So, my whole thing was, you know, growing up with my mother. uh, And, you know, you and I, we all three of us discussed Amanda and I grew up with two different moms. I grew up with a young, uh, vibrant, hardworking mom that was go, go, go all the time. And then by the time Amanda came around, because we're 10 years apart, mom was a little different. You know, she was addicted to pain pills, the bipolar had really you know, sunken deep inside her soul and body and mind, and she really wouldn't get off the couch. And so uh, we grew up with two different people. And when I saw that side of my mom sitting on the couch, not doing anything, you know, smoking consistently like a pack of cigarettes a day, downing a 12-pack of Diet Coke, my thing was, hell no, I'm not doing this. And I'd get up and like I'd go running. And, you know, later on in life, I opened up a fitness studio. <laughs> like I was like, no, nah, ain't <laughs> happening to me. And, you know, and unfortunately, Amanda, uh, you know, and, and you were talking about your environment really does take a toll on you in some cases. And Amanda, at one point, you know, she started living through, in a way, right, Mandy, like kind of the way mom was in a sense, but not
2: totally. I definitely inherited her de- depression and downness. I, I, I have gotten in bad slumps, nothing nearly as bad as what you went through, Case, with the three, what was it, three months, you said? Yeah. 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 I mean, I. yeah, I, I've I mean, I still fight to this day, it's getting so much better now that um I don't I don't know if April told you. I, I've had two major hip surgeries in the past year. So um now that I'm able to walk and do things, I'm starting to get into yoga or not yoga, meditation and moving and doing more things. But yes, I would get in to those slumps like mom where I would just want to take naps constantly and I would think about the past and it would get me down like mom would, you know, cause mm-hmm. I did go through, um, I was married for 10 plus years, you know? So yeah, I would say so.
1: <laughs> yeah. And environmentally, you know, there's, there's one thing that when you're going through it yourself, but then when you're living with somebody that's got mental health issues mm-hmm. or, or disorders conditions, because, you know, mental illness and mental health are two different things. And mm-hmm. we, we kind of, there's a there's a sort of a, a misinterpretation where people use those terms interchangeably where they're talking about mental illness but they actually refer to it as mental health and it's not yeah. the case um, you know we know that um yeah mental illness is something that's being diagnosed that that is a serious disorder or condition and that has a different coping skills that the the way that you manage that versus you know mental health in a sense and mental health is really on a spectrum where we can have up one end people who are really thriving and flourishing with their mental health and then on the other end of the spectrum you know you've got people who are really struggling and have poor mental health But it doesn't matter if you have a diagnosed um, condition or not, you can still be really thriving and still have a mental health illness or mental illness, Mm -hmm. um, but still be really thriving with your mental health. um, And vice versa, you, you may not have a diagnosed condition, but you can still have really poor mental health. And, so it really happens with the environment where you can slip bit between the two on the spectrum and slide down that, that that negative spiral really quickly unless you're protecting yourself from that environment and those environmental impacts
2: it is very true because i did move back home with my parents after i left my ex-husband and definitely i'd get up and see mom on the couch sleeping you know and it wouldn't help me any or i go down to try to talk to or have a conversation and whatever it was, it just wasn't a good uplifting conversation that I would need.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So yeah, definitely. It did make it, (laughs) it did, uh, but you can't bounce off of another person.
0: (laughs) You can't bounce off of them if they're low and you're trying to raise your energy level and your vibe and they have a low one and the two of you, it was kind of like, two peas in a pod of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And I, I wasn't around because I always worked out of town. So it wasn't, you know, one where I could, I could be there for them on a daily basis, just a phone call and visits and things of that sort. Since my job always took me away from home, you know? Yeah.
2: And also I want to add not only me, fighting what i'm fighting i was also trying to take care of her because i would be finding her passed out on the floor or whatever the issue was at that time you know if dad wasn't home to help me you know so yeah (laughs) Yeah, i don't know if you've ever heard anything (laughs) like that well one ill person trying to take care of another ill person
1: yeah absolutely it's actually more common than what you would think because it's such an environmental impact you know we have these uh it's called the biopsychosocial so there's like your social impacts environmental impacts and biological through you know your dna and things like that so um you know we have all of these influences but yeah environment is such a huge factor and hopefully over the course of the sessions that we that we'll be chatting with uh, each other that we'll be able to inform your listeners on ways that they can help um, deal with environmental things and cope with environmental things, whether or not they're living with somebody who's got those issues or they're suffering themselves because we can. There's coping skills that we can help to manage the environment.
2: That is awesome. Yeah, and
0: absolutely. So let's let's talk about that. So we would, you know, we're going to have Dr. Casey on with us. And y'all on um, our uh, podcast page, you can go on and you can leave an audio message for us and leave it, leave it for us. And we will get back to you. And you can email us at, of course, they make me crazy at gmail.com. And we're going to you know, we'd love to have you as a listener on and talking with us and Dr. Casey about your situation. If you don't want to do that, we would love for you to at least leave that message, leave your concern, leave your question, and then we can address it on the next episode. And that's what we're hoping to, to bring some some value to you in regards to that. So she's going to be joining us often. Uh, so we not only want you to, you know, hope that you listen, but, you know, we hope that you know you're not alone in dealing with with things, and we want to bring value, and we want you to be able, just as Dr. Casey said, we want you to implement some coping skills in your life, and we want to bring that to you so you're not just looking out for your loved ones, but just as she said, you're looking out for your own mental health, and, Before we wrap this up, Case, why do we always go to the negative right away? When we think of like mental illness, mental health, is it just human nature to go to negative before positive?
1: Uh, Well, it is human nature to go negative before positive. That's called the negative bias that we have. Uh, That's what psychologists call it. But uh with there is a real negative stigma attached around mental health and it's because we've been misinformed within the media and 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 education as well so you know when we tend to hear that somebody has physical health you know you would tend to think that somebody is in good health that they're in good stead uh if you you know when we're talking about physical health but for some reason when we've been talking about mental health it people automatically go to the negative and they automatically think of it as a disease or a a condition or an illness. And so, you know, mental health is actually really an umbrella term for all of mental health and well-being. And so, you know, I would love to see that we start to look at mental health as a positive thing just as we do physical health, just as we, you know, go to the gym um, or go for a run or eat healthy and we're looking after our physical health. There's also things that we can do, you know daily small little 1% things that can really help you stay happy and healthy and have a beautifully flourishing well-being if you do that so I'd love for us to start as you know as a global community really looking at health as a proactive positive response rather than negative
0: Absolutely. So you heard her. She's going to have our backs. She's going to give Got us the <laughs> She's going to give us the advice we need. We're going to uplift you. And so we really hope that you enjoy this podcast. And so how can they find you?
1: Yeah, great. So there's a couple of ways you can go directly to my website, which is mentalhealthhacker.com or you can head over to Insta or Facebook, and that is just at mental.health.hacker.
0: Okay. And we'll also have that in the outline of the podcast. So if that gets a little confusing, it'll be all typed up for you. So we'll leave it here. And thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait until you join us on the next episode of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. Of us living with people suffering from mental illness have a lot to deal with too. They're not the only ones hurting. We hurt for them and we carry their burdens because we love them. We're not social workers and we don't have any professional training. We're just two girls who have lived through some things too. And we'd love to hear your story as well. Let's build a community. Email us at of course they make me crazy at gmail.com.